0: Now, this is the best way for me to conclude talking about sex and religion for a month. This is going to be a joint episode, so let's go deal with this. I don't see any advantages to theocracy because what could be considered advantages to theists are clearly disadvantages to non-theists, so I will say this. There are no advanced theocracy. And I also say it again because when we force religion and force conversion from people, that means that the majority of the people will not believe for all the right reasons. They'll believe for all the wrong reasons out of fear, out of worry, out of hesitance, reluctance, trepidation. Why? believe for the wrong reasons you don't have to just don't do it if you don't have to. So let's look at how bad theocracy can be. Okay. Number one alternative options are rarely welcome in theocracy. This is connectthisfund.org. Number one again Alternative opinions are rarely welcome in theocracy. Alternative opinions are rarely welcome in theocracy. When someone reads a book, their individual perspectives will guide the interpretation of the material they encounter. It doesn't matter if the story is a documentary or work of outright fiction. We all take a different lesson from page, sometimes going beyond even what the author intended. This principle still applies when we read what are called holy books even if there is one quote-unquote perfect idea to find we would all apply it in different ways in our lives again even if there is one quote-unquote perfect idea to find we would all apply it in different ways in our lives under the guise guise of a theocracy there is no individual interpretation you must conform or you choose to risk your eternal salvation Take a look at the history of the Roman Catholic Church, you will see this disadvantage on full display. That was the reason why Martin Luther decided to take things into his own hands in the first place. Number two, theocracies might preach peace, but they teach discord. When you question the government's actions or policies to live in a theocracy, then most leaders would equate that action to questioning God, the gods in charge, or even the ruler whose society sees as a God. When there's a few ruling when there are a few ruling the many, it becomes virtually impossible to challenge the ideas of a supernatural being that the average person cannot see or hear. You have no room for debate because the decision has already been made. It is not unusual in Christian circles for someone to say something like, I choose this path because it's what God told me to do. Even Nancy Guthrie for the gospel coalition says that a silent alarm goes off somewhere inside of her when someone uses that kind of phrase, unless there is scripture unless there's scripture behind it. The government is in the business of staying in control and nothing works better than the idea that God is forcing this idea on you, whether you like it or not. Three, minority groups are not tolerated in theocracies. When you're living in the a theocracy, then being in the minority or on anything is not a position where you want it to be. Again, when you are living a theocracy, then being in the minority on anything is not a position where you want to be. Even if you have religious basis for your beliefs, the alternative thoughts are rarely tolerated. When a doctrine comes straight from the government and you refuse to follow it, then there's a possibility that your views could be seen as a violation of the law. Courts in theocracy sentence, quote unquote, dissidents to jail, or worse, frequently. Although some people think this disadvantage is sometimes overstated, all you need to do to see it on full display is to walk into a Christian church and say that you believe something else than they do. You will find some people are willing to engage, with the general consensus, even if you are also a Christian, is that their perspective is correct and yours is not. Now, expand that interaction to a societal level and you can see why a theocracy can be such a dangerous form of governing. Number four, businesses must operate under the guise, UISC of the, of the be, theocratic law. Saudi Arabia is a kingdom where the country in God's book and quotations and the Sunnah of his prophet in quotations are the federal constitution. Despite the principles of equality that are taught in this quote-unquote holy literature, women are not allowed to vote at all, nor can They be elected to a high political position. It was only just recently that the laws were relaxed to permit women to drive. From a business perspective, women leaders provide more consistency, innovation, and leadership compared to their male counterparts, yet their ideas are held back in almost every nation that is structured as a theocracy. Dr. John L. Perkins, an economist at the National Institute of economic and industry research even argues that the structure of a theocracy prioritizes scriptural studying over creativity, innovation, or scientific research. When Rome switched to a spread of religion instead of economic policy, Perkins argues that this move to theocratic structures became the foundation of the empire's eventual fall you cannot have a unique faith under the structure of a theocracy. Although some theocracies may suggest that you can believe anything you want if you're willing to follow the structure of the law, the foundational scriptural elements of the government would suggest otherwise. You may be able to coexist in society as a different believer, but you might be asked to pay additional taxes, be forbidden to vote, or have other rights restricted that those who follow the faith do not experience. It is through the structure that the government seeks to bring non-believers into compliance by making life uncomfortable the goal of the government is to encourage a switch in spiritual belief for political purposes those in power want your physical soul because it has economic value to the centralized state number six theocracies change the fundamental beliefs of a the nation theocracies have the power to change the structure of religion as they see fit based on the political needs of the moment those in power can set aside hundreds of years of teaching and tradition to accommodate current problems. Subtle shifts in how lessons are taught can create large changes in how people perceive the end goal of their faith. Jesus talked about the fact that people believing him as the Messiah would create a sword of division within their household, separating fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, even husband and wife. When he told his disciples to buy a sword, was Jesus talking about self-defense, as so many people believe today? Or was he talking about what believers call the word of God, which is also described as a sword? Again, or was he talking about what believers call the word of God, which is also described as a sword? Maybe he was talking about the fact that the visual presence of a physical sword would be enough to detract thieves. What we do know is that in Matthew chapter 26 verse 52, Jesus said that those who take the sword will perish by it. The self-defense culture of God and guns seems to run counter to this in the the U.S. But from a theocratic perspective, even though the United States is not one, the passages can be interpreted in any manner desired. Number seven, the structure of a democracy is based on selfish ambition. If you think about the usual pitch that someone makes about joining a specific faith, the goal is to encourage someone to take on a form of spiritual life insurance. As an example, Christians often ask people where they would spend eternity if they were to die today, heaven or hell. Fear is used as a way to control the overall population. Theocracies take the same approach. Once an individual attains power, most will do whatever it takes to retain their position for as long as possible. The purpose of the leadership shifts from doing good for the society to providing personal benefits at the expense of others. Eight, it places the cultural expectations of one society against others. Because there is such a lack of cooperation that develops under the context of a theocracy, international trade opportunities become limited since there is a need to build relationships with like-minded governments. Imagine a relationship that the United States has with Cuba, but through the lens of spiritualism. Because one is communist and the U.S. sees itself as a capitalist, slightly mixed economy, there's an attitude of superiority present between the nations. Even if all of the countries involved in a trading partnership would benefit from the relationship, a theocracy will only involve itself if the other governments committed to the same faith or their, or their internal faith could expand because of what others offer. Number nine, facts don't matter when you're living in the a theocracy. Even though it seems like there would be benefits living in the theocracy, most people find that it's challenging to maintain their household because there are fewer facts available. Whether it is the lack of intervention in the Catholic Church when priests were abusing children or the calls to terrorism that are done in the name of God, facts only matter as far as they can be used by the government to create a means to an end. The faith of the people eventually becomes the spiritual perspective of the law. That the faith of the people eventually become the spiritual perspective of the few that are in charge. It is their opinions which eventually turn into facts. Ten theocracies are temporary. The problem that human societies eventually have with religions is that the belief systems of a group change. We look at the history of Christianity. It is it all started from the teachings of Jesus and his disciples. In the two thousand ye- year in the 2,000 plus years that have passed since then, there are six quote-unquote megablocks of Christian belief that subdivide into 30,000 to 50,000 different unique denominations. Each person follows a specific subgroup of faith that they feel works for them because it feels like their quote-unquote one truth. Again, each person follows the specific subgroup of faith that they feel works for them because it feels like their quote-unquote one truth. If you have tens of thousands of different groups all under the same heading who are trying to convince one another of their superiority, then how can anything get done? That is why the structure of a theocracy is often centralized to a single person or a ruling few. By keeping to the structure of the government can limit the spread of alternative ideas to keep everyone believing something similar. And of course, there is more but I want to make sure that I'm not saying what has um, already been said. I'll just read them all in a different way sometimes people say the same thing, but if it's put in a different way, you get more out of it. So let's do that. Number one, minority groups are not often tolerated within a theocracy. Theocracies demand conformity. One, may be allowed to believe in a variation of the overall religious beliefs that form the backbone of the government, but not in something completely different. In a Christian theocracy, being a Baptist or a Catholic might be allowed, but being a Muslim may not be allowed. Two, it is a governmental structure which encourages discord a theocracy, because a religious being or God is the head of the government, discord is invited within the population. These religious ideas are supernatural, even if a human is representing themselves as a god, so it becomes difficult to question the ideas that come from such a governmental structure. If you question the government, you question God, and that's a battle that faithful within a theocracy will not allow someone to win. Three, business can operate only if they follow the same religious principles. Hobby Lobby sued the federal government over the mandate to provide insurance that included birth control because it went against their organizational beliefs. In a theocracy, the ability to sue would be limited. If a business was not following the mandates of the government, then their activities would be against what the Supreme being in charge would want, and the government would simply shut the business down. Or, unique individuals each have their own unique faith. For this reason, conformity is either forced or impossible to achieve within within a Theocratic society. Again, for this reason, conformity is either forced or impossible to achieve within a theocratic society. Everyone has their own reasons for believing what they do. Their faith, whether whether it's in God, science, or the lack of a supernatural being, comes from individualized perspectives, research and philosophical pursuits. I want to correct that slightly because atheism is not a faith and atheism is not a religion. Um, and science is not a faith, it's a factual system that is in the business of making sure it's right by proving itself wrong, and that's how they choose to get better. Okay, it says, an attempt to bind different people together, even when they may believe in the same religious being, will eventually shatter because there isn't a quote-unquote group truth. There is only in quote-unquote, individual truth. Five, a theocracy alters, I'm sorry, five, a theocracy alters fundamental religious beliefs. Going back to the Christian theocracy theocracy example, a New Testament command dictates that people should, quote-unquote, love God and, quote-unquote, love their neighbors as themselves. The sum of the law, in quotations, is found in these. It is, is it loving to declare war on another nation? Does one serve God if they exclude one group from health care? Is testing for drug use something that is loving when people are hungry and need food but have been unemployed for a lengthy period? Six, it is selfish. People within a are looking out for their best interests first. They want to work on their own salvation before trying to help someone else achieve success. That is why this form of government often fails. The humans at the top of the government have the most power to ensure their own salvation, so they work on that before they help the rest of the people. Seven, facts are ignored if they don't agree with the quote-unquote holy book. Imagine if the creationism versus evolutionism debate were held in a theocracy. With the idea of evolution, to be able to exist if the process wasn't outlined in the "quote-unquote" holy book, and so those are the reasons, more the reasons why I'm a secular non-religious, irreligious, no religion type of person. Let me explain more. So, my concerns with the Catholic Church are due to the abhorrent mandate for clerical celibacy, the abhorrent opposition to the ordination and licensing of women, obviously the sexual abuse scandals are extremely problematic and the history of anti-semitism just bothers me to no end and then of course The obsession with honorariums in the church world, I have a problem with because it feeds the prosperity gospel lie. I don't even call it a gospel. I call it the prosperity lie. I, I, I hate the Magdalene Laundries. I also hate the Magdalene Magdalene's Asylum. I hate Magdalene Asylum, I really do, because it's sexist. Uh, the term implied female sexual promiscuity or work in prostitution. Young women who became pregnant outside of marriage were sent here. They were required to work as part of their board, and the institutions operated large commercial laundries, serving customers outside their church bases. Many of these quote-unquote laundries were effectively operated as penitentiary workhouses. Laundries such as this operated through Europe and North America for much of the 19th and well into the 20th century. Then the last one, closing in 1996, the institution was named after a biblical figure. Mary Magdalene in the earliest centuries characterized the reformed prostitute. By the way, she was never a sex worker. So, Magdalene Laundries, known as Magdalene Asylums, or Protestant but later in Ireland, largely Roman Catholic institutions that operate from the 18th to the late 20th centuries to house, quote-unquote, fallen women. Now, you see why I hate Magdalene Asylums and Magdalene Laundries. And the Crusades just... are deeply offensive to me, especially the Inquisitions. They you have these heresy charges that are just thrown around so recklessly I hate the hypocrisy-based excommunications the hypocrisy-based anathemas and the hypocrisy-based ecclesiastical sanctions I hate simony. Simony is usually defined a deliberate intention of buying or selling for temporal price such things as are spiritual art or annexed unto spirituals. Although in offense against canon law, simony became widespread in the Catholic Church in the 9th and 10th centuries. I despise simony. I truly do. And then you have this hypocrisy-based persecution. It's okay to persecute as Christians, but it's okay not to be persecuted as Christians. I, I detest all of that. And I hate the misunderstandings and offenses that pit non-Christians against Christians in the religious world. And the proselytizing is often based on world domination when it comes to people who think of themselves in a theocratic manner. I'm I'm attacking theocracy. All of what I'm saying is rooted in the dangers of theocracy. And then you have the schisms within the Eastern Orthodox Church and the the Protestant Reformation. And that is how you get 30,000, 50,000 different Christian denominations. There's no unity and no common unity no common ground with all these denominations for the most part if you really think about it the indian residential school system in canada was a network of boarding schools for indigenous peoples Children were were often forcibly removed from their parents to attend these schools. In 2015, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission estimated that more than 4,000 students have died due to this system. About 60% of the Canadian Indian residential schools are operated by the Catholic Church, under federal and provincial government sponsorship and funding. The students died due to widespread disease and lack of and lack of facilities, abuse, and suicide at the hands of people operating in residential schools. The Canadian government continues to find mass unmarked graves containing bodies of hundreds of indigenous children that died at residential schools. As part of the Indian residential school settlement agreement to five, churches involved with residential schools are required to pay restitution to residential school survivors. CBC reported that the Catholic Church never followed through on this restitution Rather, they spent millions of dollars earmarked to residential school survivors on lawyers, administration, a private fundraising company, and unapproved loans. I I can't stand Canadian indigenous residential schools and now you know why. And of course, the sale of indulgences and nationalism simply means <sighs> theocratic nationalism nationalism and theocracy are really the same if you're a person who values theocracy either way it's all shot to shit either way it's fucked up not just fucked up, but fucked up you know what I mean and It's just religious assholessness, what I call it. So, now that you understand my criticism of the Catholic Church, to be fair, let's go into the criticism of Protestantism. So, I've always had questions about why are. Protestants so attacking of people that are not Christians that they call pagans, but Easter and Christmas are pagan holidays if you look at the history. And why are there so why is there disagreements on the eucharist in the christian world why are there disagreements on confessions and and sacraments um within the christian world and why do they have prayers for the dead shouldn't the only one be prayed to be praying to is god and why are sexual abuse cases happen in the protestant world just like catholic church like it's like the process and catholics love to fault find each other whenever something bad in the christian world happens they point the finger at each other and they give each other anti-christian sentiments they give each other anti protestantism sentiments and they give each other anti-catholicism sentiments but Y'all have the same sins, according to their holy books. Makes no sense to me. And this, in the Protestant world, they're so quick to call people apostates, engaging in apostasy. Um, I've always found that to be a problem. And then the justification by faith and grace alone are things that denominations fight over because there's no agreed upon definition of it. Especially when we talk about um, at the crux of the dispute to the doctrine on justification, Solify, Solify, two of the core principles of Protestants. Yet denominations disagree with that in terms of how it's defined. We have denominations who disagree on Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura, one of the five principles shared by Lutheran and Reformed churches originated during the Protestant Reformation, is a formal principle of many Protestant denominations. Baptist churches as well share the Sola Scriptura principle state that the Bible alone is the sole source of knowledge, truth, and revelation sent directly from God, and only, from, the only true word of God, sufficient of itself to be the supreme authority of the Christian faith. Obviously, i disagree with the concept of sola scriptura i don't think the bible alone is the sole source of, of knowledge because knowledge is not singular um knowledge is multiplication you don't just have it you distribute it and truth and revelations directly from god i don't think the bible is the only way to truth. the revelation directly from god for example if you're a believer nature doesn't speak to you about god um people don't speak to you about god experiences don't speak to you about god testimonials and you know environments that you go to even total strangers know they speak to you about god so to limit the Bible in terms of truth and revelation being the only sole source of truth and revelation directly from God to me is arrogant because sh- shouldn't he be open to all the ways to learn about God? And I'm just speaking to believers when I say these things. And plus, the own the only true word of God. Again, the Bible is fallible. The Bible is errant and the bible is contradictory the bible is filled with inconsistencies and discrepancies and there's so much proof to state that again there's translation errors transliteration errors even versions of the bible have their own errors so people need to think that, like with any book, I get wisdom out of all religious texts because I read them all. I get wisdom out of all secular ideologies, secular philosophies, because I study them all too. But I'll never say that this is the sole source of knowledge. This is be truth in revelations and directly from a supreme you know from a deity or this is the only true word of a deity you know to me that is pompous thinking and i decide not to engage in that and then this is the bible is the authority it's the sole authority of god and life now if that were the case then the bible would be flawless which not, which i say again. So, why limit authority to just one? That's like saying, we're only going to have one president forever, but other people need to be president in order for the nation to expand for the better. You can't just have one person serving all the terms. That is just a dictatorship that never needs to happen. And so it talks about, um, the Catholic Church holds a very different view on the Bible, does not consider itself to be a religion of the book, while the Catholic Church would greatly, wow, this is, this is, um, Pope Benedict, he, um, He was the head of the church and the sovereign of the Vatican City State from 2005 to his resignation in 2013. He says, while in the Catholic Church we greatly venerate the secret scriptures, the Christian faith is not a religion of the book. Christianity is the religion of the word of God together with the church of living tradition. The scripture constitutes the supreme rule of faith. Do you see what I mean about even a, a former pope is this is not thinking sola scriptura not that even that pope is not completely aligned with sola scriptura so that's let's you know all these factions and dissensions and rivalries within the church they can't agree on anything regarding biblical beliefs and religious christian beliefs And so, do I see Christianity as a religion, the word of God? No. Do I see scripture, constant supreme rule of faith? No. Because the scriptures that I've read would be offensive to the United Nations, which is all about international human rights laws and the upholding of them. And so that's why, according to the church, I'm an apostate, which I'm proud of. I engage in apostasy, and I'm proud of that. According to the church, I'm a heretic, and I am proud to be a heretic that engages in heresy. According to the church... I'm this fleshly, worldly, profane sinner. And if that's how you think of me in terms of being a person who values the rights of humans and protecting them from the abuses that have to human rights, and I am proud of those labels. My last thing I want to say about religion is that human sacrifices, child sacrifices, adult sacrifices are a threat to the human rights movement that I'm a part of, so therefore I do not condone human sacrifices. I hate them. Because it is appalling, it is trifling, it's a vulgar barbarity, it's a Disgusting obscenity as well. So now let's get to the sex. I want to talk about this. This is something that is really near and dear to my heart. Before I talk about what I'm about to talk about in terms of BDS, soon, so stay tuned. I was talking with my best friends yesterday and what she said inspired me to say a little bit more about sex. When it comes to sex in terms of healing our sexual wounds as human beings we have to think unthink and rethink. So in order to be sexually whole and to stay that way Stay sexually whole, not just get sexually whole. You have to unthink sexual dogma. You have to rethink what sexual greatness is and is all about. And you have to think what it means to be sexually. Excellent. In this case, you have to think sexual moral excellence, which is usually what sex positive and sex positive movement is about. It's not about telling people to live a life of sexual theocracy, which I hate. It's about helping people to understand that sexual wholeness comes in a myriad of forms. So in the porn world, I'll give an example that my best friend gave me. She's cool with me saying it. She's like, go ahead, using the episodes. Because she listens to them every day and we talk about everything. She was saying, and these are her words. I'm giving her the credit on it. She's seen mainstream porn too. And how in mainstream porn you have guys who say, I do whatever I want. Whenever the woman tells a guy to smack it. Erotic spanking. That means when he says, I do whatever I want. He won't do what she told him to do. And the woman will even say, I like it. After she says, smack it. And he won't or if he does, it's very quick and he'll go back to jackhammering or he may overdo it it to the point where it's obvious she's uncomfortable or he did it too hard or sometimes the guy will do it too light or he'll do it in such a weak way that he's like, oh, like as a form of sexual exasperation oh my god, she's actually dominating me and I said man my man is uncertain I just can't allow this shit to fucking happen and so he'll just do it weak as a way of passive aggressively insulting her and or I've seen this in porn and she agreed where sometimes the guy will smack it but he'll do it real fast in an insecure way to see if she like it. That's the guy's way of asking if, he, if, if she likes it by... He smacks and goes like a jackhammer. I'm like, instead of doing that... Why not already know in advance that's what she likes? That way you don't have to play the guessing game with your hands. Well, if I do the sexual thing... Let me see if she'll like it. You'll know if you speak your ass the fuck up. In a... Loving kind man. Speak the truth in love applies to sex. Sex should be truth done in compassionate love. I look at sex as a compassionate conversation, I look at sex as an empathy based group activity of wholeness exchanging, right? To me, sex is an all-around wisdom playground. You're not treating or seeing each other as a game, but that spirit of novelty entrenched with discernment is also... A carnival that grows you as a person. So with sex, you have to unlearn sexual world domination. You have to relearn sexual prosperity, what it is all about. And you also have to learn sexual substance, erotic integrity. So sex requires learning, unlearning, and relearning. Again, sex requires learning, unlearning, and relearning. That means before, during, and after sex, you're learning, unlearning, and relearning. And the same principle applies to thinking when it comes to sex. When it comes to sex before and during and after sex, you're thinking, unthinking, and rethinking. Again, you're thinking, unthinking, and rethinking when it comes to before, during, and after sex comes to sex, right? And so those are things that people often sadly overlook. Before I You know, I'm going to finish that point later, but let me get to this before I forget. Because I do not like to forget. I am a person who loves BDS. Meaning... I... Wanna keep it straight and simple. I value aftercare, the time after BDSM scene or play session in which the participants calm down, discuss the previous events and their personal reaction to them, to slowly come back and touch the reality. So obviously I love BDSM, bondage, slash discipline, dominance, slash admission, citizen slash masochism. A and combined acronym often used as a cat call for anything in the kink scene. I also love uh I, I'm into butt plugs, a sex toy that is designed to be inserted into the record for sexual pleasure. They come in a variety of sizes. Some um, can vibrate sometimes. You know, I use that, you know, I want, I want to use that sometimes. Um, bottom. Sometimes I'm a bottom, one who receives physical sensation from a top and the senior receiving partner. Sometimes I'm a top. The person doing the action contrasts with bottom, the person receiving action. Not to be confused with Dom, which is the person who puts the scene together, and a, a Dom can enjoy CBT and tell a sub what they are to do. In the case of the top is submissive following the direction of the Dom, and the bottom is the Dom receiving attention on, of the top. So sometimes I'm, and sometimes I'm a top. most of the time I'm a switch or versatile, if you will. Someone who likes being both dominant and submissive either one scene or on different occasions. And uh sometimes I'm a dom. A personal exercise control from dominant contrast with sub. Sometimes I'm a dominant, a personal exercise control contrasted with, with submissive. Um I do like erotic spanking. I do like erotic spanking, skipping, and receiving. The act of spanking other person for the sexual arousal or gratification of either or both parties. Um I do love impact play. Part of sensation play dealing with impacts such as those from whips, riding, props, paddles, vloggers, etc. That's absolutely me. I love kinky sex. Any sexual actor is generally considered to be unconventional. But more importantly, law-abiding and reasonable. That's me. And I do love master slash slave. BDSM in play, a consistent relationship in which one person sees control the master when giving by another the slave for mutual benefit with a focus on service and obe- service and obedience. The slave often accept a call it from their master so that they are owned. Uh, I love hard limits and honoring them with myself and my partners on screen and off screen. I don't want to be an It means. What someone absolutely will not do, non-negotiable, As opposed to soft limits. Um, I love honoring soft limits. Something that someone is hesitant to do or is nervous to try. They can sometimes be talked to an activity, but it's prefer- preferable. if was negotiated to a scene at a trial stage or at a beginner level. So I love honoring soft limits. I love sometimes being a slave. A submissive who essentially gives total control of one or more aspects of their life to another person. Their master. And sometimes I am the master, which is obviously self-explanatory. Yep, I'm the master. Uh, what else do I like to do? Basically, I'm into doing all BDSM play as long as there's no human waste. Uh, No genital ruination. And I'm not being burned up bad. Other than that, I'm for any and all BDSM play. Now, this is the best way to end this episode. Sex is not a conquest. Sex is not defeat. Sex is not brutal beating. Sex is not conquering in in a negative way. Sex is not vanquishment. Sex is not vanquishing. Sex is not negatively overpowering. Sex is not a bad overthrow. Sex is not bad subduing. Sex is not bad annihilation. Sex is not bad trouncing. Sex is not bad subjugation. Sex is not bad mastery. Sex is not bad crushing. Sex is not bad victory over. Sex is not a bad route, R-O-U-T. Sex is not a bad triumph over. Sex is not bad hammering. Sex is not bad clobbering. Sex is not bad thrashing. Sex is not bad trubbing. Sex is not bad canning. Sex is not murder. Sex is not a massacre. Sex is not bad seizures. Sex is not bad seizing. Sex is not a bad takeover. Sex is not a bad acquisition. Sex is not bad gain. Sex is not bad appropriation. Again, sex is not bad subjugation. Sex is not bad subjection. Sex is not bad capture. Sex is not a warped view of an occupation, meaning it's not your job to ruin people's lives sexually. Sex work, on the other hand, is beautiful and gorgeous. Okay? Sex is not a bad invasion. Sex is not bad overrunning. Sex is not bad annexation. Okay? Sex is not a conquest. Stop focusing on got to get as much sex as I can. Sex is not about trying to have as many sex with partners as I can. Okay, those are horrible ways to look at sex. And humans. Okay. Now let's look at this. Sex is not a contest. Sex is not a competition. Sex is not a match. Sex is not a tournament. Sex is not a game. Sex is not a Sex is not a trial. Sex is not about. Sex is not heat. Sex is not a fixture. Sex is not a tie. Sex is not a race. Sex is not a petty meat. And sex is not petty events. Okay? I'm not talking about consensual sexual role-playing things that people do. I'm talking about the inappropriate ways that people look at sex. You have guys who say, I gotta get as much pussy as I can. And you have some women who are taught to believe, gotta get as much dick as I can. And I'm just like, those are disastrous ways of looking at sex. Those ways of looking at sex are incorrect, mistaken, in error, erroneous, inaccurate, not accurate, inexact, not exact, imprecise, invalid, untrue. False, fallacious, wide of the mark, off-target, misleading, illogical, unsound, unfounded, without foundation, faulty, flawed, off-beam, bogus, phony, out, way out, full of holes, dicey, iffy, dodgy, and abroad. Which means that those ways are not correct, not spot-on, not right, and if people are not careful, those ways looking at sex can be illegal, against the law, unlawful, illicit, in a bad way, indictable, lawless, law-breaking, criminal, delinquent, felonious, dishonest, dishonorable, corrupt, unethical, immoral, morally wrong, bad, wicked, base, evil, I mean, it's a religious word, sinful, foul, despicable, iniquitous, another religious word, nefarious, blameworthy, condemnable, culpable, crooked, shady, shiesty, bent, and not crooked. So, also, those ways, if people are not careful, are not legal and not ethical. And so, those ways of looking at sex, in my view, are unjust, dishonest, and immoral. Not correct, not true. And those ways of looking at sex are to act unjustly or dishonestly toward people in sex and those ways are unjust dishonest and immoral actions those ways are unsuitable and undesirable manners and directions and if people are really not careful those ways are looking at people and sex are misdeeds bad deeds bad acts bad actions offenses injuries can be crimes unlawful acts illegal acts violations infringement, infractions, transgressions, peccadillos a religious word against sins and injustices and unfairness, unjust acts, grievances, outrage, true outrage-provoking, atrocities, malfeasance, torts, trespasses, you hear that word in religion too, and malfaction. And so that's why I don't like to look at sex as a contest nor a conquest because sex is not a contest sex is not a conquest either. And so I I've come to recognize that looking at sex in those ways and looking at people in those ways are wrong and morally wrong. So now... Those ways are also without positive foundation. But they are with negative foundation. So when it comes to people in sex... Some people have to understand that we have to protect ourselves and each other against being confused, misguided, misinformed, misinformed, disinformed, misled, and deceived, and deluded, and duped, and tricked, Um, and being treated and seen as vile, useless, valueless. And worthless. Because ultimately we're priceless. I'm talking about, I'm not attacking prostitution when I say those things. Because again, I'm a sex worker's rights honor person talking about that human beings cannot be bought or sold. I'm attacking, trafficking, I us say there's a difference between prostitution and trafficking. Prostitution is enthusiastically consensual work. Trafficking is when you buy and sell people, which is abysmal, atrocious, awful, brutal, damnable, deplorable, detestable, disastrous, dreadful... Excrable, gnarly, horrendous, horrible, pathetic, stinky, sucky, terrible. Sometimes it feels unspeakable even though it is speakable. It's defective. It's egregious. It's flagrant and it's gross. It's shitty. It's coarse. It's low... It's second rate and low grade to do that to me. I'm talking about traffic. Prostitution is obviously, you know, it's good and wonderful. So I just wanted for people to understand where I'm coming from. So the way I look at sex for myself, my biology, I'm attracted to ethical sex. Do I take every appropriate opportunity to engage in ethical sex with the right people under the right circumstances? I do. Because it's not about treating sex as a numbers game, no one should do that, or see it that way, no, 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 don't see it that way, and no one should look at sex as fear-based, you got hot so you burn hot, hellfire damnation, look at sex as just, it's odious, and miserly to do that, Um. And I also don't look at sex as a trophy parade. I'm not attacking the other people's clubhouse community. I'm talking about treating people as tangible rewards. You're seen as one, but you're treated as seen and not heard. And people do that to sex people, which is mediocre and miserable. It's rubbishy, rotten, and reprehensible to treat people that way. Um, sex and people should not be seen and treated as sleazy, trashy, and shoddy. Don't be stingy when it comes to sex and people. And so, the way I... Um, When and sex should be mutually satisfactory, mutual pleasure, never be accepting of having unsatisfactory subpar sex for yourself. You don't have to, you know, sex should be fantastic, okay. And everything I'm saying applies to sex workers and non sex workers, adult film performers and non adult film performers, all right, and so. I had to... Um, sex should not be considered a duel nor a fight. And as my best friend said, some people look at sex as in such a grotesque type of way that if I don't have as many sex as I can and, and I, I'm, I'm just going to die. That way of thinking about sex is... Counterfeit shame shameful, shameful and insufficient. It's villainous, it's scurrilous, and it's miscreant ways of living your life. Um People gotta take fear and worry and guilt and blame and shame games out of sex. And just honoring people and people's humanity as well. Um, A lot of times when people are having um, sex, they have sex so fast. When you look at sex as "I gotta get as much as I can," you'll have hurried sex. Sex should be unhurried. I even say that sex should be unhurried, even if you're an adult film performer. Because, yes, there's a time, but don't make it super fast. Make sure the time is medium, not too slow, but just medium time. Medium time, medium sex, medium speed, everything is medium. It's not too much. It's not too little. Everything about the sex is just right. No perfectionism. And we got to take perfectionism out of sex too. And so I think about how... um, even in real life, just like in the porn world, have unhurried sex. Take your time. Ease your way into everything that you think, say, do, or feel when it comes to sex. And so, a lot of times, um, people are people see and treat sex and people as robotic machines engaging in robotic machinery sex, which is. Which is lousy and dissatisfactory. So when it comes to sex, you have to ask each other what you like and don't like, and it's your job to remember. The person shouldn't have to feel like I've seen this in porn. My best friend strongly agreed because we've seen this example the most. A woman, because porn is heteronormative, unfortunately, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying, but mainstream porn is heteronormative, so. It's sorrowful. Um, a woman should not keep telling a man. Smack it. If you know she likes it, make sure it's done in every position she wants it done. Or if it's just one or a multiple positions, maybe not all, then do that. As long as that's something you really want to do, then do it. Don't just you know thoughtlessly I'm mean, just do it. I'm like, no. If that's something you really like if she really likes, then make sure with every act and every position, how many acts, how many positions, or if she just says singular position or singular act, then do it don't, okay, I'm in the moment, um, I'm jackhammering, she doesn't do something, I gotta do it fast, "Ah." I'm like, no, you can't huff and puff during sex so much, like, huff and puffing is one thing, but in mainstream porn, it tends to be like they have constipation during sex, and and their faces show it, they look scrunched up, and I'm like, no, you don't have to lose all your energy to have sex then the sex is bad and now she is offended by you and pissed off at you and rightfully so so don't just go at it so fast that eventually you don't have energy and you're unnecessarily tired you're unnecessarily tapping out you're unnecessarily done and you're done so fast that now she's like I will never try to even Suck you again. I don't even try to fuck you again because you're just shitty fucked up sex. No, you don't want to have that be what happens to you. And you don't want to have to be a necessarily bad sex story for other people to hear or someone else to hear if you don't have to. So think about that. And so yes, I think um I think about how, um, how many times, um, people have sex really twisted. It's abominable and atrocious. So when I look at what happens to people, uh, even uh, sexually, um, if if people see sex as something that requires confidentiality, even adult film performers may not want to share everything that was sexually talked about to another performer, and that's okay. They may share things they're comfortable with. So, even adult film, there's confidentiality. Not everything about the scene is shared. I'm not saying that it's criminal, of course not. But they may want you to get the generals what they talk about. Specific things may be based upon medical challenges, or, you know, it could be because that person could be in a relationship so they have like certain people will say you know they don't do anal sex because they just don't but the real reason could be that's something only them and their partner off screen is allowed to do to them everybody else can't have any I've heard of that. They may not share that, but you know, that's why. So I had to really think about sex in a form of, don't do anything sexually too hard or too soft because that's how you cause bruising and sexual frustration. Because in a lot of mainstream porn, I've seen, unfortunately, what I was exposed to the child, Elements of sexual abuse, elements of sexual trauma, elements of sexual violence, elements of sexual bullying, elements of sexual frustration, elements of sexual violence, elements of sexual victimization, too. I repeated the sexual violence one because that one, I really, really saw the most sadly. Exposed to the most sadly. And... in mainstream porn, I've seen a lot of bad sex. I've seen a lot of poorly sexually channeled energy. I've seen a lot of sexual problems, sexual issues, sexual concerns, sexual worries, sexual fears, sexual nightmares, sexual blaming, sexual shaming, sex shaming, slut shaming, rape culturing. Uh, kink shaming I've seen um brood shaming in that world too um that's why I'm a member that's why I'm a member of the anti-rape movement um I've seen out in porn world now that I've gotten old I recognize I saw elements of sexual harassment sexual stalking sexual intrusion um uh, I've seen the 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 casting couching the casting couch horror stories terror stories um I don't think that should happen at all. I don't think it should happen anywhere. I don't think it should happen everywhere. I don't think it should happen anytime. I don't think it should happen every time. Um, so that's what I had to be aware of and my best friend said it so poetically. You have to, when it comes to sex, you have to be sensitive to yourself and to be sensitive to others. You have to be sensitive to your sex partner, you have to be sensitive to your sex partners, but don't forget to be sensitive to yourself. Sexual wisdom is for everybody. Sexual discernment is for everybody. Sexual clarity is for everybody. Sexual justice is for everybody. Reproductive justice is for everybody. Um, I value sexual justice. I do. I hate sexual injustice. I hate sexual recklessness. I hate callous attitudes towards sex and people. And, um, when I look at sex, I see that a lot of people, um, put themselves, a lot of people, because of sexual ignorance, can easily place themselves in situations where sexual transmitted infections and sexual trans- diseases can their ugly heads and ruin their lives if people are sexually irresponsible. I hate sexual irresponsibility. Um, and this is not HIV AIDS stigma because you can have HIV slash AIDS and still have productive sex life as long as you take your medication and eat, right, exercise do all the healthy things that help experts exist. And you can have a healthy sex life and be a person on the autism spectrum and a person with disabilities. So I'm not stigmatizing people with disability labels. But what I am saying is that um, many times people do not think about these things sexually. Um, Sex is not a quote unquote sport. Um, And I say that because People focus on the acrobatics, gymnastics of sex, and those are beautiful things about sex, but don't make sex something where people always have to be superhuman. Sex is a part of being fully human. Sex is fully human. Sex should be fully humane and fully ethical. There should be no inhumanity and no unethicalness towards sex, even people. Um, and so, people should be fully humane and fully ethical towards each other, and sex should be one of the ways that people do both. <sighs> Keep out all the bullshit and traumatization that comes to sex after you take the out. And I think about how, um, also, when it comes to sex, you have to be able to carry a conversation, even small talk effectively. Don't rush the verbal communication and don't rush the nonverbal communication either. Um, like I say, I'm going to keep saying it: sex and multitasker, while someone is riding you, you can also suck on them and taste them, feel on them, caress them, and so on and so forth. But the mainstream porn is just jackhammering like slam down. So I'm like it doesn't have to be so forceful. A lot of times, the only times I've seen in mainstream porn is that the guy will suck on the woman's breast too long and too uh too with too much aggression. And I'm like, I understand the the urge, but you have to have An excitement with calmness attached to the sex. So a lot of times a guy will, the only sucking he'll do is just her vaginal region. I'm like, yeah, but you do it too aggressive. You do it too long. Uh, uh, uh." I'm like, okay. When I say too long or too much, it's, it's obvious that the woman is uncomfortable. I've seen it but because it's a heteronormative, toxic masculine world, there's nothing she can do about it, unfortunately. Even though there is, they make her feel like there's nothing you can do about it. So I noticed with sex in the porn world, mainstream porn, they spend more excessive time with the woman blowjobbing, deep throating the man than the woman being eaten out. Like, I noticed with sex and mainstream porn, the way that the guy commends the woman sexually, and I just have to, and it just has to be said, um, it's rude, condescending, cutthroat, um, a monstrosity, and the language is that derogatory. And it's obvious that it's misogynistic. The tone of voice, the yelling, the the choice words are repugnant and repellent. And I've seen that in that world. And um, for example, don't bullshit me. You gotta no no suck it like that. No, you know suck it from the back. And, um... Now put your whole mouth on it. No hands, girl. Bitch, no hands. Bitch, I said no hands. You know, keep your motherfucking hands off my goddamn dick. I've seen that shit. Um... Again, keep your motherfucking hands off my goddamn dick. Yeah, girl. stroke that cop with with your tongue. With your tongue, not your hands, take your fucking hands off. Da, 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 da. I've seen that so excessively and so brutally. I'm just being honest about that world. I'm speaking the truth in love. This is what really happens. And um You know, spit on it, girl. Don't 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 don't, don't be friends with that dick. Work that dick, Don't be, you know. Don't be nice with that dick. Be mean on that dick. Suck that mean, dick girl. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Now, you suck on the balls. No hands, bitch. How many times can I tell you? Okay, now put your hands on that dick, girl. You gotta listen to me, girl. Do this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yes. In that world, it's falling short of moral excellence standards. And the sex. There's an inferiority complex that women are forced to suffer because of men when it comes to sex. Therefore, I have to say it. The sex in a lot of mainstream porn is wretched, sorry, crummy, cruddy, contemptible, loathsome. Discredible, disgraceful, disreputable. It, no, ignominious, ignominious. It's sordid. It's ignoble. It's reproachable. It's detestable. It's condemnable. It's hateful. So I've noticed that in that world, like in the mansion form a lot of it is weird because, okay you suck me off, I jackhammered me from behind. And you see that mostly in the mainstream world. So a lot of the sex in the mainstream porn world, when I say mainstream porn, a lot of the sex in the mainstream porn world is unscrupulous, unprincipled, unethical, cowardly, dastardly, revolting, repulsive, revulsive, reptilian, um, scabby scummy scurvy and nasty, nasty um so those are the things i've really felt led to talk about um so in the adult film porn world and in sex that's for people that are not adult film performers this is the kind of lover that you should be. You should be a sensitive lover who honors the sensory processing and the sensations of yourself and your partners and co stars. You should be sensual, honoring the sensate, the sensuous, the sensory, and the sensorial, and the sensational, and the relating to the physical sensation, the senses of yourself, and your partner, and co Um The type of lover that you should be, you should be... Attentive, considerate, thoughtful, neighborly, kind hearted, kindly, hospitable, helpful, good hearted, good, caring, compassionate, sympathetic, empathetic, tender, courteous, gracious, polite, nice, diplomatic, tactful, deferential, dutiful, obliging, regardful, respectful when I say obliging and deferential I'm not talking about enslavement of the bad kind I'm talking about this person is entitled to and deserving of sexually good treatment and sexually good perceptions as well the type of lovers they, that people should be whether adult perform adult porn adult porn performs or not they should be altruistic beneficent benevolent benignant, humane, selfless, unselfish, free of narcissism, uh, free of psychopathy, free of sociopathy, free of psychopathy. They should be charitable. They should be generous, gentle, magnanimous. Um, They should do check-ins with each other. And so, I'm not saying you can't have rough sex. The difference between rough sex and sexual violence. One is... One is about healthy sexual aggression. The other is about unhealthy sexual aggression. So, healthy sexual aggression, yes. Unhealthy sexual aggression, hell the fuck no. One is lawful. The other is unlawful. So, lawful sexuality, good. Unlawful sexuality, hell to the motherfucking no. So... People should stop being inattentive lovers, uncaring lovers, unheeding lovers, inhospitable lovers, unkind lovers, unkindly lovers, ill-bred lovers, ill-mannered lovers, impolite lovers, rude lovers, uncivil lovers, unmannerly lovers, unhelpful lovers, malevolent lovers, malicious lovers, mean lovers, spiteful lovers heatless lovers, inconsiderate lovers, thoughtless lovers, unthinking lovers. Lovers should be people as lovers should be soft-hearted lovers, tender-hearted lovers, warm-hearted lovers, humane-hearted lovers, I say again. People should be um solicitous lovers People should be cruelty-free lovers, anti-cruelty lovers. People should be noble lovers. Magnificent lovers. People should be humanitarian lovers, charitable lovers, I say give People should be philanthropic lovers. People should be free-handed lovers, patient lovers, understanding lovers, forgiving lovers, lenient in good ways lovers. People should be merciful lovers, graceful lovers, uh, repentant lovers. People should be redemptive lovers. People should be soft lovers. Forbearing lovers, clemency, clement, and all the good ways lovers. People should be sweet lovers, warm lovers, pleasant lovers, mild lovers, good-natured lovers, friendly lovers, cordial lovers, calm, bradley lovers, companionable lovers, genial lovers, affable lovers, amicable lovers. Uh, People should be unsparing lovers. People should be philanthropical lovers. Uh Here are the type of lovers that people should not be. People should not be merciless lovers, pitiless lovers, ruthless lovers, stony-hearted lovers, iron-hearted lovers, anti-humanitarian lovers, uncharitable lovers, virulent lovers, nasty, bad type of lovers. And the here are the type of lovers people should never be. People should not be atrocious lovers, barbaric lovers, barbarous lovers, fastial lovers, brutal lovers, brute lovers, brutish lovers, callous lovers, cold-blooded lovers, cold-hearted lovers, cruel lovers, fiendish lovers, hard-hearted lovers, heartless lovers, inhuman lovers, inhumane lovers, insensate lovers, sadistic lovers, in a bad way, all the bad ways. Savage lovers, truculent lovers, uncompassionate lovers, unfeeling lovers, unkind lovers, unkind lovers, unsympathetic lovers, wanton lovers, vicious lovers. The type of sex that people should have should be having or marked by sympathy and consideration for co stars and partners, whether you're adult, former, or not. That's the type of sex people should be having and also also be a good sex partner to yourself also be a good sex partner to your partners whether they are adult film performers or not whether you're adult adult film performer or not yourself so people should be benevolent to themselves and to others when it comes to sex before during and after sex whether it's porn sex or sex that people have that is not on camera, actually off camera, okay? Real life sex happens in porn and outside of porn. Whether there are exaggerations or not, whether the fantasies, um, that could be lived out or not, you know? So make sure that all fantasies people can do. Because when people don't feel like the can, they get upset. So the type of so people should not be grim lovers, hard hard-boiled, hard-boiled lovers. People should not be harsh lovers. People should not be heavy-handed in bad ways, type of lovers. People should not be severe, stern, tough, unsentimental lovers and all the bad ones. Um So that's what I wanted to share and thank you all for letting me share. People should have common ground, commonalities when it comes to sex and people as well. But that being said, it's okay to have variety type stripes Descriptions, breed genres of sex, whether they're adult form film films or not. So you can have medium fast or hardcore, sexy, softcore sex, medium core sex, any type of sex as long as it's lawful, law abiding, reasonable, rational, pragmatic, practical. Um, whether you live out the fantasies or not, make sure that. There is no sexual disappointments. And um, make sure that all the sexual of abuse, abuse, violence, trauma, victimization. And no one is being cheated on. No betrayal. No betrayal of any and all kinds. So that's what I want to say. And don't fuck somebody you don't like. Don't fuck people you don't like. Don't suck somebody you don't like. Don't suck people you don't like. Make sure that you and that person or people have strong compatibility all around strong chemistry all around. That And that y'all respect each other, respect yourselves. Because Your sex is about honoring all partners involved. And sex is about, and you can apply this whether you are a casual person or a committed person. Sex is about compassionate love, sacrificial love, unconditional love, and neighborly love you can love someone as a casual person and it not be romantic obviously the romantic love part applies to the committed community um but you can be lovey-dovey without being romantic if you're casual and you can be lovey-dovey and romantic if you're committed so those all things factor into sex and the dynamics and relationship you have with people But that being said, I thank you all for listening.